You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy. And joining me as always is my co-host, the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. As well as a special guest, we've got our Extra Life donor who donated an amount that got him on the show to guest with us to talk about a movie of his choice, which we'll talk about that later. Uh, But we do have Brent. Welcome to the show, Brent. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Oh, so it, 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 it's a nice change of pace. It's a very nice change of pace. We haven't oh, had three people on here in, gosh, a while. So this will be fun. I think it'll be a good time. Uh, and we've got Rave to the Grave to talk about. And that was your choice, Brent? I want to say I'm sorry, but I'm not, mostly. <laughs> well, at least you're here as moral support, right? Like that's Exactly. That's That's the main thing. Um, we will be talking about Rage of the Grave later on, but we do have some news, and by golly, a good chunk of zombie news has piled up at the door here. The virus has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions, and then is spreading rapidly. Yes, we've got clips back. I don't know if you guys remember that from last year, but wow, it's been so long since I've heard that. I forgot that sound. Oh I my know. god! I got all the old clips, and I said last year. What I meant was last episode. It feels like it's been a while, but not that long. Uh, and that's not even a New Year's joke. But we've got tons of news to talk about because today, uh, Capcom held their RE showcase, where a bunch of news was was sort of announced. Um, not as not as much as um, one would have hoped with all of the leaks that have been going on with Capcom. There was no news of a Resident Evil 4 remake. They really did focus in on Resident Evil 8 Village. And um, they confirmed a few things. They confirmed some suspicions we had, which was the fact that the game will come to previous generations of consoles, PS4 and Xbox One, um hopefully that is better received than another game that should have targeted next gen systems we'll see uh-huh. um, and uh, <laughs> and they've also announced that they're going to be free upgrades if you upgrade your console for those versions as well. yes so it's a great i think that that is probably the greatest thing about this generational leap is that they are latching on to the uh the free sort of upgrades um the hey, game will launch on may 7th if they want to increase the prices of our games from 60 to 70 bucks, they better upgrade me for free. Yes. I don't know if these titles are um, the premium price, but I, I understand where you're coming from in that if they are going to, you know, dole it up to $10 eventually. I know Sony's first party stuff has been increased by $10, um, and uh, that is that is certainly unfortunate, but... Um, it sounds, it looks like the game's going to be launching May 7th across all platforms, including PC and next gen consoles, or I guess now current gen consoles. And, um, yeah, I mean, I watched the, I watched the trailer, but I want to get your take, Brent. Like, how do you feel about the internet's sort of love of, um, tall vampire lady? What's your thoughts on that? 
Oh boy. Yeah. I, you know, watching that, um, I'll admit I was intrigued. Um, it felt, it felt a little resident evil four to me. Um, and to be perfectly honest, if I just wanted to kill villagers, I'd play resident evil four and regret buying it. Um, but uh, there were some interesting new takes on this too. There was a little bit of the uh, kind of phantasmy figures, the kind of the figures that kind of pop in and out of the screen. I think that's a little interesting. Um, all in all, not much in the way of zombies though. I didn't see a lot of good old-fashioned zombies, and maybe that's you know where it's been going for a while now. Um, but I think the closest we got to zombies is there's a scene where. Uh... Ethan is in a basement and there's a bunch of guys chasing him and they look like possessed villagers. And that's about the closest I think we're going to get. to. Yeah. And he's waving, he's waving a pistol around and and so there's kind of a, it looks like an, almost like a, the, the typical, not typical, but the malfunctioning flashlight scene where my flashlights flickering on and off and I can't exactly see, but. Yeah. And my reaction was, is if this was real gameplay footage, you'd just be emptying the clip after clip into those guys. (laughs) Forget running from them. Hey, he wasn't even running. He was like slowly backing away. And I'm like, what are you doing, good sir? There are clearly some ghouls in front of you. And um, yeah, I I watched this trailer and, you know, I, I wasn't able to watch the whole event live. And I know you did, Lou, so I want to get, get your Shame take on, on you, it. Ryan. Shame on you. You're the one that told me when it was happening. Yeah, five o'clock, right at dinner time when I'm trying to make sure my kids are eating. But um, I, I, I did follow it on Twitter. And then I watched the trailer. And, and here's the thing, watching the trailer for Resident Evil Village, I don't know what's going on. I really don't. I felt like when they when you tell me there's a story trailer, you'd kind of get more details. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I mean, is Ethan so, he's at, so, a, at a castle of some kind? Yeah. So my biggest gripe about this is, is I love Seven. In fact, I really should go back and replay it again when I'm bored. Like That, that would actually be a fun replay. But there's a point in the game where it's revealed that the people that are hunting you and killing you, they're just like a bunch of hillbillies that had a, like a, like a, were exposed to something from Umbrella. And it's never really led to you believing that they were in any way, shape, really connected to Umbrella. Like that doesn't say that, hey, they're Umbrella employees. It just is like, it's just like, yeah, that's a bunch of redneck crazy hillbillies that got exposed to the T virus. You're welcome. And that's kind of where they leave it. And then the lady grabs Ethan at one point and she goes, my brother couldn't take care of you. And all, and I went, oh, wait, so are we supposed to surmise that these people are somehow related to the hillbillies out in the woods? Because that's weird. <laughs> yeah, there was a, a zombies meets uh, the hills have eyes kind of vibe to that. Mm-hmm. It was like, when, when you don't know what's going on, I, and I think to your, to your point, Ryan, um, I felt the same way about the trailer. I didn't. I didn't understand what I was going to be up against or what I was trying to accomplish. And that leaves a little bit of a gray zone for me where whether I'm kind of on the fence. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I, I, um, I obviously really appreciate the remakes that Capcom has been doing. And I think that's more my line of resident evil that I've really enjoyed. I, I played a chunk of resident evil seven and, and I think I, I started to find the fun there. We, we did it for an extra live event and I, I should probably go back, but I, I think the other thing is I just find the, the first-person Resident Evil games to be much scarier, <laughs> and I don't know if I uh, I have the patience for that. Exactly, exactly. Their the, the RE2 remake, I, I didn't play it only because the original scared the crap out of me. 
it scared the living crap out of me. I, I couldn't play it. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. And that was however many years ago. I, the remake's not that scary. But then again, I, I'm kind of immune to the being afraid of playing a game. The the remakes are, I think, because it's third person and you you know it's a remake of like a a '90s game. It it feels less freaky. There's something about the way they've crafted the first person um, Resident Evil game, and, and I'm kind of watching some some clips as we t- discuss it. And it's just the the game gets in your face, and I think that really that really does. Um, set a different tone but what i really did appreciate about resident evil 7 and what i assume will be in resident evil 8 is just the puzzles like all the puzzles all the inventory management all that stuff is really really great and i i want more of that i like the idea that the setting is is going to be more of an more of an open area you know uh, like a like a village slash castle type getting a lot of resident evil 4 vibes like you said Um, and maybe we'll see sort of a, more of a connection to the franchise as a whole, as opposed to just kind of a, a side, side, sort of side connected story. But, um, I get, yeah, I get the vibe. we're going to find out that the T virus isn't a virus. It's somebody's blood that, that umbrella was just messing with. And that we're going to find out umbrella is like led by a bunch of vampires or some weird crap that i have this vibe that that's where they're gonna go because that is japan and japan does weird stuff they do it's just kind of weird that um you've got these these characters just running around that appear to be monsters and i and i think um the the main tall lady with the three daughters she uh like the graphics of this game like that looks it's it's she looks so almost like right up on the bar of photorealistic that i'm I'm kind of like, oh man, this game's going to be even scarier because you're going to have these giant sort of monster humanoid characters running around. And she appears to be kind of a central focus of a certain area of the game. And there's some bigger bads that they allude to with Mother Miranda and and whatnot. But um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I got to see more of it. I want to see more of, of what they're offering here because right now I'm just sitting here like scratching my head like, what? What is the story? Chris Redfield's in it. He doesn't appear to be good or bad. He just appears to be there. Um, there's some werewolves. I don't know if you saw that from the last trailer. That's also confusing. Um, yep. But even more confusing is that Capcom keeps trying to make multiplayer Resident Evil games. And, and Lou, you watched the showcase, and I didn't get a chance to see the the Resident Evil. The It's R-E colon verse. So... Um, what is this? Is this this is obviously a celebration of, of the it's, franchise? It's supposed, well, they before they showed gameplay footage, they kept talking about how it was twenty to twenty fifth anniversary. And we want to celebrate. We want to celebrate. And I'm like, great. Are you going to be giving us a new remake? What are they going to do? And they said, we've got a new multiplayer game. And I went yawn. And then they show it to you, and it's basically like, it's basically looks like it's a a shooter game. Where when you die, you don't die. You turn into one of the monsters, and then you slug it out some more. Hmm. And, and I was like, and it's very cartoony, and it looks like it's using the Resident Evil Two controls. Yeah, which I was like, that doesn't make for good game. <laughs> no, <laughs> that works in a that works in a single player game where you want to build up the, the 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 intensity and and whatnot, but that doesn't make for a good like multiplayer like combat game. No. And I mean, how many times have we been down this road, Ryan? We played Umbrella Chronicles, and that was 
that lasted like five all of five minutes. And there was that other one that we didn't play. What was the one that we didn't play? Uh was it the one that came with Resident Evil 3? Uh I played that and it was meh. Yeah, like I'm watching I'm kind of looking at screenshots here and I know screenshots don't do everything justice and i mean it gives it it gives them the opportunity to put all the characters in it um but it it, but it looks to be playing very similarly to the re3 um multiplayer which i forget what it was called even though it launched only a year ago but it it didn't have much legs that one it was sort of a left it was sort of a dead by daylight take um on it and and i think the core issue i had with with um that Resident Evil multiplayer mode is that it was it was bundled with Resident Evil 3 and there was no way to purchase it separately. So if you have friends that aren't interested in Resident Evil the Resident Evil main game and want to play the multiplayer, they're you're kind of sitting there like, "Oh, we'll buy this and and then don't play the core concept, play this multiplayer with me." I really hope they do rectify that and offer the multiplayer separately if Reverse is something that we can get additional people to play that might not be interested in the main game but um the fact that it's going to have like all the main characters i think that's a that's a better that's a better way to do it like if you're going to build a multiplayer game based around a franchise with all these beloved characters you don't put those beloved characters on the bench and do custom i think one of the characters name was like joe sandwich in art in the re3 remake multiplayer and at least they've rectified that they've got all of these characters from across the history of the franchise that you can play as and that, to me at least, is a lesson learned. So, still doesn't look great. Well, though. Re Two was good at <clears throat> was good at making you be both scared and frustrated by being stuck in a corner because you couldn't get out of it. So, if the if the controls haven't been, I mean, if the controls can't follow suit with the graphics and everything else, and uh, you know, be upgraded to a point where at least you're not fighting that too. I, I'm like I said before, I'm still a little bit on the fence. I don't, but I'm. I'm intrigued enough that I'm going to look into it. Yeah. I, I really what I want is like a left for dead. I want to, I want a co-op style. I, I think that was the four V one nature of the RE three remake multiplayer. And uh, this, this appears to be more like a, like a PVP sort of thing. So they've got two match, two modes that they've announced so far as a fight to the death that all resident evil fans can enjoy a four to six person death match battle last five minutes. And whoever has the most points wins. And then there's one where I turn the tides with bioweapons. Your character is taken out. Their body transforms as Lucette into a powerful bioweapon. And you can kind of take some people out. I mean, it's it's interesting. It's going to be bundled free with Resident Evil 8. So if you're purchasing Resident Evil 8, you will get access to re colon verse Resident Evil. So that's good. Um, they also gave another look at the Netflix series, the CGI Netflix series, which is Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, which has been confirmed to take place a couple years after Resident Evil 4, uh, starring Chris or, uh, Claire Redfield and Leon Kennedy. Uh, did Are you guys excited about this? Like, I know I know it was something that had been, like, previously leaked and confirmed, and now we're getting more of a closer look. I think, I think Capcom and Netflix have had an interesting relationship when it comes to, you know, CGI animes, like some good, some bad, but... Um, uh, I've never been particularly... Uh disliking any of the cg animes uh they're they're okay uh they just don't wow me mm-hmm. like like they're cool to watch but it's like sitting through a two-hour version of a game 
I mean, I, I like I don't ever walk away from them being like, man, I wish I didn't watch it. I always walk away going, yep, that was Resident Evil. <laughs> yeah, the first one, uh, to be honest, I really, really liked the first one. I, I can never keep the name straight. I want to say it was Degeneration. Um, they're all really badly named. Like, um, they're, they're not. I mean, they're not. Okay, I'll I'll I'll, I'll stipulate that. Um, the first one, um, when they're in the airport, um, yeah. in the airport, I, that one I really, really like. The second one, they were it kind of had that Eastern European ducking into an alley feel. I didn't. That one wasn't so great. And then that might have been Damnation, I think. Yeah. And then the third one came out, and I, then I, that was where I kind of just I kind of went, yeah, okay, that's I another watched, one. I watched it, but I'll tell you this: I watched the third one, and I can't tell you what was it about. I, I, I know I watched it. Yeah, same I, here. <clears throat> I, I, I remember the first two. That third one, I can't tell you anything about it. I don't even remember what characters were in it. That, that's how little it held my attention. So there's uh, Degeneration in 2008. You've got Damnation in 2012. And then Vendetta in 2017. There we go. Vendetta. Yeah, yeah Vendetta was forgettable. It was very forgettable. Yeah. Yeah, I I remember watching I remember watching um, Degeneration, and I might. I, I, I'm also convinced that those don't get made for us as American audience. I'm pretty sure those get made specifically for a Japanese audience, and since it's there, it's really easy for them to just redub it and put it over here for the few people that will watch it. I, I'm convinced that's all this is. Those are. <laughs> oh, I think you're probably right, but I think with Degeneration, they had the. I mean, the one thing I think that, uh, you know, um, Americans, Canadians, whoever <laughs> can can cling on to is they had the slimy kind of the slimy senator, the slimy politician in that one. Yep. And that's something yep. that everybody can really relate to, you know. And um, so that one was really I, that that one's pretty rewatchable for me. I, I probably put that one on maybe once a year just to kind of rewatch it. Yeah. But the rest of them. Oof. Yeah. No, thanks. <laughs> Uh, it seems like this one, I think this new one is, is going to have that 2020 shine, you know, that next sort of, uh, that next quote unquote generation of, of anime. And I, and I think that, uh, I, I, I hope it lives up to expectations. There's a, there's a, there's a, I think that's going straight to Netflix here. So, oh yes. Yeah. It's straight to Netflix. Netflix. It's a, it is a Netflix production. So we, uh, we will have it on. That doesn't necessarily mean it will be bad, but it doesn't necessarily mean it'll be good either. No, yeah. Bad, like, too. Streaming yeah. streaming channels don't necessarily guarantee quality anymore unless you're I don't know. Like I think every streaming service once it once it sort of catches on does get to that point where it's like you're making content for everybody, including the people who who no offense folks, like to watch not great stuff. I mean Netflix does have its fair of you know, share fair share of um, not so great content now. Uh, hey, although, I yeah. open, Brian, I openly admit to you on a regular basis, I watch crap all the time. Yeah, <laughs> oh. I know, I know. We all did this week, but uh, <laughs> oh, no, I'm just joking. Well, I'm not joking. I'm not. I'm not really joking. I was gonna say I'm just you're joking. Not, I'm Canadian. <laughs> I have to apologize even when I mean it. Um, I like. I'm excited for what Resident Evil has in store for us. I mean, as far as 25th anniversaries go, uh, you could maybe look to Nintendo to learn a little bit more about how to celebrate one of your biggest franchises. But um, maybe yeah, 30th. The other thing they cut to that threw me off is all of a sudden they cut to Ubisoft, and oh, they yeah. started. Talking- he started talking about how, uh, what's that stupid game? The division. Uh, 
vision is getting a bunch of Resident Evil stuff. And I was like, yeah, this is yawn. Uh, does, does anybody really care? Does anybody really play the division anymore? It's a weird. No, I, I still do. I still do. I I play it with my brother and my nephew. We probably play it once a week, and we have and maybe it's more of a family affair, but we have an awfully good time playing yeah. it. So well, it's a great yeah. game. I I think um I think when you look at it, when you look at the division two, and and that sort of collaboration, it's it's a cool collaboration. But it's like Capcom and Ubisoft working together like that. That is not. That is not a normal occurrence. Um, is this because they couldn't get Fortnite? Like, I'm wondering, because that's the big collab, right? Like, my, my thought was this is because Ubisoft threw a lot of money at Capcom and said, give us some kind of content. I don't even know if it's a lot of money. <laughs> but, uh, hey, if you're playing The Division 2, you will get to cosplay as Leon or uh, probably Hunk uh, and all that fun stuff. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it looked like you're going to basically... A tofu block. A tofu block. <laughs> Gonna be able to dress as your favorite Resident Evil character and in in the division soon. That'll be fun. That'll oh, be fun. and see, I I hope it's better than that. I hope they give us a little something more than that, especially with that big of a collaboration. Yeah, like I, a I hope it's something mode. better than a than a skin. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if if there was ever a game with a setting, um, that was sort of aching for a zombie mode, I, I'd be honest. I think it's that. I mean. The expanse I, I, is so huge. The well, cities it's a are pandemic huge. show, right? Like, or exactly, game, so. exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I, why couldn't a couple of the bodies you pass in the streets stand up and come after you? I, yeah. So it's I a, think it's a, a limited time crossover event, and it's just a teaser trailer. But it seems like you'll get uh, stars esque outfits, um, and uh, yeah, like it, it doesn't really talk a whole lot about what you'll be doing, but it sounds like. Uh, it sounds like it'll be interesting. Oh, and then and then they're saying, okay, I think this news story might be wrong because now they're saying in the new RE themed battle royale game Reverse, I didn't get a sense it was a battle royale. So that's probably yeah. Wrong. There was nothing in it. They didn't tell you anything about what it was. It just kept showing you shooting them shooting each other, and then at some point, the person that would die would turn into a giant monster and attack everybody else. And I was like, I don't understand what this is. It looks like it's a multiplayer game, and it looks like it's something I don't care about. Yeah. Well, um, we will uh, shelve Resident Evil here, but we've got lots of other fun little news stories. This one will be quick, but uh, Last of Us, Last of Us's HBO series finds its new director. So the original director was, I think, someone that was attached to the Chernobyl series. Uh, the guy who wrote and produced that series is still attached but we've got a new director this is uh Kantamir Balagov Balagov um younger uh he's he's Russian younger guy don't know a whole lot about him but he will be directing the pilot of The Last of Us so they are they are quickly moving forward with that franchise uh, at HBO and um Brent you have HBO, you have, sorry go ahead, like, HBO, needs, HBO needs a new hit so they're going to they 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 need something yeah, I mean HBO's doing all right. They don't have Game of Thrones level stuff. Don't get me wrong, but not they, anymore. No, no. I mean they kind of shot themselves in the foot with that one. But um, I'm curious, uh, Brent. What are your thoughts on on this? Are you a, a Last of Us fan? Are you looking forward to seeing what this guy can do? Oh, absolutely, a Last of Us fan. Um, yeah, this this guy he did um a movie called Beanpole. I mean, and you know anybody that can handle you know World War II era kind of strife and problems i mean it's 
you know, and Beanfall was pretty gritty. Um, I I think it's got I think it's got potential. And he's a really young guy, so I think he's going to bring a different, um, a little bit different shine to um, the Last of Us. I think it will still probably be pretty gritty and pretty, uh, pretty hardcore. But I think he can. I, I think he's going to find a way to connect us um, a little more to the characters, like even more than we did in the first game. And because in the first game, between Joel and Ellie, I mean, if you didn't love those characters, I mean, it's you know, when that game was over, I mean, it was just, you, you felt like a loved one died, you know? So I, I think it's going to be a pretty tall order. Um, but I think this new director, um, I think he's got potential. And then the the former gentleman that you mentioned who was attached, who was still attached, but maybe not as a director, but was affiliated with Chernobyl. I mean, that's another, you know, colossal story that mm-hmm. was so impressively told in that series. I mean, I, it's... I haven't seen anything like Chernobyl probably in the last 10 to 15 years, anything that was on, on that scale and done that well. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Chernobyl was, was fantastic. And I, and I, I for one am interested to see how the last of us can be adapted. I think video game adaptations have always suffered from, I think the medium change, whereas books um, haven't for the most part, although books have had, like a good century on them to kind of do it right. Uh, or, or if not longer in transition, transitioning to film, like I know they weren't all great, but they got there. And I think video games can do that too. We just have to figure out the best way to do it. And we're going to have a couple um, over the next couple years that will, will really show us whether it's possible or maybe mortal Kombat coming out in a couple months will show us that it's still not great, still not great, but we will see. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm excited. I hear good things about that, so um, I'll I'll remain optimistic about Mortal Kombat. Oh, it's like, wait, Lou, did you say something good about a Last of Us HBO series? I never. Okay. Never. Until I make you watch it for this podcast, we'll see how it goes. But um, prepare to have your your heart broken twice, I suppose. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we'll, we're not going to watch Mortal Kombat. Lou can do that on his own time. Um, I'm curious about this uh, Day of the Dead series from Sci-Fi. Will have some ties to the George uh, Romero original classic. Now we've talked about this sci-fi series a couple times on the show. Uh, it's a so sci-fi has given a ten-episode series order to this new take on George Romero's Day of the Dead, and and now it seems like there will be some connection to the original. Um, Brent, are you a are you a big fan of of the original Day of Day of the Dead, and are you excited to see a series take on this? Oh yes. Um. You know, in the end, I mean, if we if we go back and more honest, we can also say that uh, both Necropolis and Rave to the Grave were released by Sci-Fi, so it doesn't bode oh, well oh. if you yeah if you put it in those terms. Um, but I also think um, if you look at the movie Day of the Dead and you look at the characters that were in it, and I, I don't anticipate that they'll stick exactly. I think they've framed it as six survivors trying to survive in the you know in the first days of the apocalypse, which. For me, I think is interesting. A lot of um, a lot of the movies that we see, if you see things in the first, you know, in the first couple of days of the quote unquote apocalypse, it's always centered around something. It's centered around a hospital or centered around a police station, or it's um, you know, there's there's almost too much to fill in. And if they start from the beginning, I think that will be um, interesting. I'm also interested to see what they 
what they deem as a, a tie-in to George Romero's Day of the Dead. Um, I think, the, honestly, my, my vibe is that if they're going to do that, the only way they can do that is they're going to just name characters as the same characters from the movie. Or they'll make reference to characters from the movie or something. They, 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 it won't be... It's going to be a very ham-fisted tie-in, I have a funny feeling. They, they never do that well. I definitely think that's possible. I also think they could use um, my thought was something on the on the order of, and I've, I've I've read little to nothing about this, so I haven't seen much in the way of information. But um, if you think about Day of the Dead, it had the feel of, um, although Day of the Dead was like a big archive station, um, I wonder if they couldn't simplify it and do something, you know, go somewhere in the Midwest in the plains and find a missile silo or something like that, where where people panic and they kind of go to and try to survive i think that could be interesting too i'd love to see them go back to fort myers florida and film because fort myers loves to advertise that that's where day of the dead was filmed there hello (laughs) exactly yep Uh, the the, the local uh, low budget uh baseball team still does a zombie night every year in honor of the movie being there and they do all their jerseys up as I, I unfortunately have not gotten to see one yet, though. Oh, that would be fun. That sounds like a fun class trip. It does. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is where we shot the zombie film. Uh, it, it's really interesting that, I mean, sci-fi has had its fair share of zombie uh, franchises with um, Z Nation. And uh, I think they, they did they produce the Black Summer one, the, the pseudo yep. sequel, prequel. Yep. Um, and, and this is, this is interesting. I think if you, if you can do a series, I mean, Walking Dead has really proven that a, a, a solid series, I mean, Z Nation has proven that if you, if you want to do a series about a, a zombie uh, related to a zombie sort of story, that anything is possible. <laughs> yeah. I just, I think that, uh, this is, I'm surprised this hasn't happened yet. Like I think George Romero's sort of original vision for zombies in in some of his early films are just you could easily build a series like are they not even doing a a prequel to his original night of the living dead that's focused on barbara or did i dream that did i make that up in my head i think you made that up in your head man no i think it's a sequel it's called night of the living dead genesis yeah yeah so she's 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 billed on um imdb she's credited as barbara so yeah, it, it, I think it's listed as in production. Yeah, yeah, chronicles the chronicles of the Night of the Living Dead as told through the eyes of Barbara. So it's happening. Who I didn't dream. Died of... in the first movie. So uh, well, yeah. well, not only that, but my only gripe is is that anything that says Night of the Living Dead doesn't excite me because Romero let the copyright lapse, so anybody can make a Night of the Living Dead movie. Anybody. Yep. And anybody uh, has. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you look up Night of the Living Dead, there's like three Night of the Living Dead 3Ds. They're all really bad. Most of them are like almost unwatchable. Um, so anything that says Night of the Living Dead doesn't excite me. Day of the Dead for me is getting that way because they've done like three Day of the Dead movies. And except for the original, the other two are absolute garbage. Well, there's um, three. There's three total. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. There's um there's the original Day of the Dead, there's um Day of the Dead is it yeah. Contagion with, with, or Contiguum? I think it's Contiguum. 
then there's the dawn of the, or the day of the dead remake and then there's day of the dead bloodline yeah yeah and oof yeah and and i mean, I mean that first one is so bad the first time they tried to remake it it's so bad so when it was supposed to be a prequel wasn't it i mean it was supposed to be it was a bunch of people i think kind of in a like a day treatment house or something resembling a mental hospital, something like that. And they were out picking up trash or something. And one of them found a thermos that just happened to have the virus. In. I, yeah, it didn't and, make any sense. Yep. The, and, and the other two are just as bad, just as bad. Zombie so, movies. So, so the fact that, so when sci-fi channel says they're going to make a 10 episode series, I really need to see a trailer before I'm excited about this. Yeah. Right. I, I agree with Hopefully you there. It's a redemption. Yeah. yeah, hopefully it's a redemption. I mean, they've got, you know, sci-fi has sci-fi has kind of become the home of the sort of crummy B horror movie. So hopefully this doesn't suffer the same fate. I mean, like <clears throat> you look at Z Nation, and I mean, if there's one thing Z Nation had, it was a pretty solid base for a cable TV show, and and the zombie effects were really well done. And like, yeah, it was campy it, and whatnot, it, was, but... it was done. It was done well enough that they managed to squeeze what like six seasons out of that. Oh yeah, I I think I stopped counting after four, but uh, yeah, I, I think I only watched two or three, and eventually I couldn't watch it anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's gotten more se- seasons than all of those things we just talked about, The Walking Dead, and you know, it has more series than all of this what we talked about, The Walking Dead, and AMC confirmed that 2021 is going to be the year of The Walking Dead, and and I'm going to run down the sort of the series some of which we know and then and we'll discuss for a little bit because this is our radar for the next year uh you've got the walking dead season 10 c premiering on february 28th 2021 um talking dead yeah whatever uh we we, i sometimes watch it but sometimes not i refuse (laughs) it's uh, yeah it's they've they've adapted really well to the pandemic sort of zoom calls i'll give them that um fear the walking dead season six uh or returning 6b will premiere in spring 2021 the walking dead world beyond season two will premiere shortly after that wraps up in 2021 then we've got the walking dead season 11 premiering in 2021 probably in october and finally fear the walking dead season seven will premiere as well later in 2021 um assuming that i mean i you guys are probably more familiar with the state of things in the United States uh, when it comes to the pandemic, but I feel like Atlanta kind of has their, their, they've kind of situated themselves in a way where this, these, this filming can continue within the pandemic. Um, I don't know about LA in terms of like their special effects and editing. Cause I know that's what affected season, the season 10 finale of uh, walking dead, but this sounds like we're going to be getting a lot of walking dead. Like this seems pretty sure. Uh, Brent, how do you feel about, your next year being this whole year being planned in terms of walking dead content. Uh, okay. Where to start? Um, <laughs> well, let's just get, let, let's just get the world beyond out of the way. I, I don't care. They can cancel it right now. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, if I wanted to see babes in the woods go over the wall, the first time I would just go back to walking dead season what, four or five when we got to Alexandria. Because it's yeah. the same thing, but now it's teenagers and they have all the teenager crap. And to be honest, I I raised my teenagers. I don't need any more of that nonsense. Um, <laughs> as far as the Walking Dead Prime goes, um, you know, I think 
I'm glad that we're done with the whispers. The whispers went on too long. Um, you know, I liked I liked Alpha and Beta, but they could have skipped three or four of the um, flashback stories and advanced that that whole lore um, quite a bit. Um, the the end of the episode where all the characters' heads were on the spikes, to be perfectly honest, just and honestly just pissed me off. Like there were so many characters that were just written off in the snap of a finger, all at the mercy of this group, and I didn't really care for that, so I was happy to see it gone. Um, but looking at the trailer um, that I saw today, um, I was I was kind of intrigued. Um, I know that with Maggie now back in the picture, and you know Herbie and the character that you think is probably got the most to be gained at least psychologically from from um killing negan and it's very clear at least from what i saw that not only does that not happen um the old negan digs himself out of his garden coffin and you know they they show him wrapping the new bat with barbed wire um that's I, i didn't think it would be interesting to me um turns out i'm kind of interested um i kind of want to see what happens um you know in this in this long-running show where so many characters could have been dealt with by one person who was in the top of a tree with a bullet and they just have never done that um i'm sort of hooked now so i want to see what happens well that and we we, we've been in for the i think everybody's been in for this ride and we're then we know this is the last season so i'm I'm all in because i just want it to be over and i want to know how it ends yeah once you've watched 10 seasons of something um you, it's kind of hard to pull yourself away although i have done it successfully before with uh big bang theory i was like i don't know there's two more seasons left but i don't know if i can <laughs> can continue um i mean the walking dead it's really helped along by the fact that that we do this show and and i appreciate having a, a place to sort of um decompress after watching 10 episodes of teenagers bumble around in the apocalypse uh, i'm glad we're all in agreement there and I, I i don't think i've admitted this openly i actually watched this that that season t- almost completely twice why uh thank thank uh uh thank uh uh lonely bob for that uh he was live streaming it from japan uh on some weird streaming service and i sat through about six episodes with him and we talked over it while we were watching hmm well that's fun <laughs> Yeah, that made it worth it. I was <laughs> I was talking to Lonely Bob, so oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, Lonely Bob is has been a has been a fan of the show for probably since the beginning. So, <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah, really yeah. Cool. For me, it was it was pretty clear once I started the first episode that I could I could turn it off and then I could turn it on in my wood shop and I could watch it while I was woodworking because if I started a table saw, I probably wouldn't miss much. Um, <laughs> so that's. That's kind of how it ended for me. Just I watched the whole thing in my wood shop. I made a dining room table while I was watching the world beyond. Put it that way. Hey, you accomplished <laughs> something by watching it. That's great. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I put it on. I mean, I'm stuck at home and I'm working from home, so I just put it on in the background while I was working, and I would look up and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, this is annoying. Back to work. Oh yeah, this is annoying. Back to work." Yeah. Well, considering we have to watch it for the show, I hope season two is better. And if it isn't, at least there's only two seasons. So we've yep. got a couple silver linings to hope for um, with that. I mean, I-, I agree with you, Brent. I watched this trailer for season 10C. Um, it feels very disjointed, but they have said it's going to be sort of six sort of character episodes, six separate stories. 
Um, the Negan stuff is is kind of misleading in that you get him you get him wrapping the bat, but you also get him in his old garb as well. And uh, you see Lucille; she appears to be shooting someone in the head. So, I mean, I assume she lived into the apocalypse to some extent. We know she passed away. Do we get like a Negan beginning? tale like i feel like this is i i I think we do because i think they want to keep negan on and give negan his own show because amc is throwing money at anything to make money definitely yeah well they've they've cast his real life wife as lucille for the flash the flashback episodes so i i can't see how we don't get his beginning and his end i I don't see how we don't get it you know why they did that right why they cast his real life wife well, she's an um, actress because but... he's really, yeah, he's really popular, and he probably demanded it. Uh... <laughs> no, it actually it had to do with the COVID stuff uh, because they have to film a bunch of scenes together, and oh. he, and it, it, if him, if it's his wife, they didn't have to quite do all the 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 like wearing masks between scenes and clips things, and they didn't have to do all the procedure that they normally would. It was made things easier. Which makes sense. Okay. They're already in a bubble, yep. so it works yep. out quite uh, well. David Tennant did the same thing with his wife for something he was shooting in the BBC. His wife is playing his wife in some show. That's oh. how I know it. It was discussed that that's happening in a couple of different TV shows, and that's why. In, and then that's why that's happened. So. It it makes sense to to find those as long as that's where they're cutting corners and not actually cutting corners in a dangerous way. Like that sounds like a a safe way. Um, there's a little bit of like favoritism, but hey, if it gets the show shot, that's the main thing. Keeps people working. Um, I'm really excited for a good chunk of this. Uh, it sounds like AMC is is dead set on having us watch something new from The Walking Dead at least once a week for the rest of our lives. So I'm going to put that horse until it gives no more blood. Yeah, I guess. I don't know how much you, can, how much more you can do. Um, before we, we move into our movie discussion, um, Brent, you, you played a, you played some board games here, this Zombicide Night of the Living Dead. And I'm curious about this because this, this sounds like right up every zombie fans alley. So what is this thing that you, uh, you've got for us? Okay, well, it was a Kickstarter that was launched in um, December of 2019, um, and it was for the Command people and their Zombicide games. It was actually kind of odd because it was one of the rare few that didn't have a bunch of, um, you know, stretch goals. And um, I know with my my board gaming fans, I mean, especially when the first Zombicide came out, and then um, the further expansions, you know, the Toxic Mall and everything. Um, one of the things that we loved so much was watching the stretch goals on a daily basis, you know, sending each other messages and saying, Hey, we hit this stretch goal. So we're getting this. So, um, I wasn't really sure how well it would be received. Um, and if you look at what it took in for, for funding, I mean, it was kind of a sliver of what the rest of the games, um, brought in, but at the same time, it was also funded in, I think it was four minutes. So it wasn't, wow. uh, you know, it wasn't like it was, they were hurting. Um, Anyway, it's, so it's a Zombicide game, but it's based on the original Night of the Living Dead. So they've got all the original characters. Um, the sculpts in this game are... If you're if you're a fan of the original Night of the Living Dead movie, the sculpts in this game are just... They're it, fantastic. They're really nice. I'm looking at yeah. photos now. Yeah, they're fantastic. Um, you know, and the game itself... Um, 
some of the other zombicides, I mean, they've gotten they've gotten so many versions of it now that a lot of them have gotten. I don't want to use the word complicated, but there's so many extraneous goals to accomplish. Um, you know, I'll use Space Invaders as an example. Um, in Zombicide Space Invaders, a lot of the missions you have to do a whole bunch of things before you can even go outside. And a lot of times, it's I get it makes for longer gameplay and there's there's more opportunities for mayhem. But um, this game kind of brings it back, like right back to the original. Um, and it's it's interesting because they've got for each of the characters they've got a zombicide mode and then what they call a Romero mode. And um, for anyone who's played Zombicide, you'll know that um, as your character scales up, um, you get more and more abilities and when you're playing the game in Romero mode, your character has no abilities. So you're about as weak and um, potentially zombie food as you can possibly be. And as you're playing the game, certain events can happen where you can flop back and forth between the modes. And it makes it it makes it pretty interesting. Um, you know, we got we got our copy on I think it was November 3rd or 4th, something like that. Um, and then since then, they've they put an extra. Um, scenario out on their website um it's called another take i haven't played that one yet but we've played this one oh i want to say probably two dozen times um since we got it um i've got a fairly fairly large group of gaming friends and so you know pulling the zombie game out is um you know kind of old hat to them so they enjoy it um in the end if you're a fan of zombies this is a great game it's a it's a great throwback to the original night of the living dead and being in the house and trying to keep the windows boarded and trying to find supplies and um you know towards the end of most of the scenarios it's either about killing all the zombies or just trying to get the heck out of there um it's uh it's pretty compelling so if uh, if people are on the fence about buying that one it's a it's a little on the spendy side and the, the zombie side games have been creeping up over the years um yeah. but it's 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 definitely worth uh worth picking it up and playing especially if you've got a good group of gaming friends where you can get you know say six people to play um yeah definitely a great game um we've i've enjoyed zombicide for good grief i don't know 15 years probably now and this is definitely for me personally this is definitely the best iteration of it because it's because it's simple there's not a lot of uh you know having to rebuild something or turn on a switch or do anything like that it's about finding what you need and surviving and that's pretty much it and all things being considered, we still probably are only 50-50 win-loss, so it's still hard enough that it's fun. You're not going to just smoke through it and beat it. Um, but it's it's a great game to get together with your with your buddies and play. You know, it's a it's a great it's a great group people game. You, you've you've convinced me. I've already added it to my Amazon wish list. <laughs> uh, excellent. Yeah, you will you will definitely love it. And if if they have it available, there's a I don't want to call it an expansion, and this this might have only been available with a Kickstarter, but they've got extra characters, um, where they've got the chief, uh, his deputy, and then a couple of the other characters that come in. But you'll, I think you'll definitely, once you play it, I think you'll be, the first time you have to switch from Zombicide mode to Romero mode, it's going to just infuriate you because it's going to completely scuttle all your plans. <laughs> um, yeah. But then once you figure out that you can jump back and forth just by doing a certain thing, it it, it makes it, it makes it actually really a heck of a lot more fun than um, even kind of the original Zombicide, and I still love that one. 
Cool. I've never played Zombicide. I, I think I've heard of it. I uh, I've, I've played it once or twice uh, at a convention. Uh, I did not. I did not play it enough that I would became a master of the rules or anything. Um, but there were so many versions of it that it actually kind of deterred me from ever actually buying my own copy. Because there was always, there was never just the original version. I was always stuck with like the medieval version or the 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 Black Plague. Yeah, and and you're right. When I when I did the Black Plague Kickstarter and that one hit all of its stretch goals, and I bought the optional stuff. When that came in the mail, it might as well have come on a pallet. There was so much stuff. Um, <laughs> and oddly I, enough, that's the one we play the least because there's just so much stuff. So one one of the ver- I don't know which version it was. I don't think it. I, don't think it was like the first version but i went to a convention in boston the indie game showcase at mit and they had so many people crammed around the board for that one game to play that i was like trying to ask questions so that i could kind of get a vibe and they were literally like go away and i was like okay and i came back like an hour or so later and i played for like 20 minutes but uh, but I was like, you know what? Uh, this game looks way too intense for me. And now I play Gloomhaven. So, I mean, what am I talking about? <laughs> now you've got board games on notice. Uh, it's really interesting. I, I looked it up. I mean, you said it was on the pricey side. And um, uh, it's I, I it's on Amazon. So this is Canadian. It's uh, $110. Like, that seems, for board it's games, seven, that seems pretty steep. 71 here in America. Yeah. I mean, you're getting so you're getting um, a bunch of minis, and they are sort of I'm, I'm assuming customizable minis that you can paint yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Sixty six miniatures, I guess, included uh, six Romero mode survivors, six zombie side survivors, and uh, fifty four ghouls. So that seems like a really good collection from from where I'm sitting. Like, is it something that uh, so how many how many players can you play with, and is it something you could easily is it something you could easily sit down like a like at a board game night and say we're gonna play zombicide is it something you can finish in a healthy sitting you know uh or is this like a three three day weekend you know party game (laughs) that's i think that's where i always sit is like if it's something i can finish in like two to three hours like that seems like a like a good um a, a good a good chunk of time right I guess I'm seeing well, your one to yeah, six in most, one hour. Most of the scenarios, if you, I mean, and it, it's like any game, if you if you don't count setup. Um, so let's let's pretend that you're already set up and your friends are just coming over. Most of the scenarios you can finish in about sixty minutes. Wow. Um, if you have, if you have, um, I have a friend I like to call the strategy whore. If you have a strategy whore, or you have somebody who is an absolute stickler for the rules, it can take longer. But I think that's the beauty of the game. Um, you know, it comes with, I believe the, the base one comes with six characters. Um, so you're, you can do one person, you know, one character per person for six people. Or my wife and I play it, and each of us does three. So it's really, it's pretty flexible. Um, and then ultimately, it, it's kind of like any game. I mean, you, you play it a couple of times, and you follow the rules, and then you develop a couple of house rules just because, you know, it suits you better. Um, but it's it's very playable. It's very replayable. Um, the the way their cards are set up and the way their decks are set up, um, you're never going to get the same outcome twice. So I mean, it's which to me is what is a big part of the fun of it and a big part of the draw is that 
if I sit and play with my friends one night and then my wife and I sit down the next night and play it, it's not going to be the same game. Cool. Oh, it sounds yeah. really great. I mean, it sounds like a it sounds like a, a great um a great board game and it's really cool that we've got like a specific I mean, if you have a, a game called Zombicide and you're looking to adapt some sort of zombie franchise, I mean, Night of the Living Dead seems like a pretty good start. So uh, really glad that you brought this to the show. As long as it doesn't play like the game Zombies, we're good. Because the game Zombies had to redo its rules because you used to be able to play that and it would never end. <laughs> it's like Monopoly. The bank never goes bankrupt, right? I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. The game never ends. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, well, that's the nice part about this one is when you play a scenario, there's literally a section of the rule book that says the game ends when. Yeah. Uh, so that's your, I mean, it's because I know I've played, and I think we've talked about this on the Discord, Lou. We talked about um, Last Night on Earth. Yep. Um, and that is a game that, um, great game. Um, Rules are a little subjective, but uh, the nice part about that one is it's open enough that you can write your own scenarios. Um, and yeah. I've done that a couple of times. And I have my, my best gaming friend, and this was probably 10, 12 years ago, um, but I ended up throwing him out of my house because he was so mad at the scenario that I wrote and that he, he was, you know, it wasn't within the rules and it wasn't. Um, so it takes a lot of that stuff out of it. It's just like you're just kind of playing and. You know, you're kind of having a good time, and that, that, when it... that, that is a great game. I will say this: I've only played it a handful of times. Um, most of my friends are not into zombies, so I have to literally like be like, "Come on, guys! It's I swear, it's not just another zombie game." And they're like, "Yeah, sure it is." Um, well, and that one is that one is ultra flexible, which is a nice part about that because I found this is a long time ago, but I found on Amazon it was a a bag of one thousand zombies, so yep. I bought that and I added it to my to my um my game collection and so i wrote a scenario that basically was in two different places and once you got to the second place and you were towards the end okay here comes the herd yeah. and then everybody everybody just freaked out and then i got called a liar and a cheater and then i had to throw my best friend out of my house so <laughs> I, I understand i have i have been in many a gaming nights where that has happened yeah well, exactly ho hopefully you guys have uh have made up and and you don't you don't play that game anymore <laughs> together but uh yeah, no, it sounds like a it sounds like a good time. I mean, there's I know there's a lot of zombie board games, and I feel like if we had, uh, I feel like whenever we we play one, we usually bring it up on the show. So I'm really glad you uh, you brought this in so we could uh, chat about it. Um, you also brought another thing that we're going to talk about, um, and uh, we'll start with this. Hell yeah, we're gonna rave to the grave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, we're doing it. Uh, rave to the grave. It's overdone <laughs> so bad. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, this film that we watched, uh, you could call it that, is Return of the Living Dead, Rave to the Grave. And again, thanks to Brent for donating to our Extra Life campaign. We are gonna talk about this film. Um, and before we get into it, I'll just read you a quick synopsis from IMDb that tries to describe what we watched. A college student creates a drug called Z, of course, and sells it on campus, inadvertently resurrecting the living dead who wreck havoc at a Halloween rave. And um, that 
doesn't that describes like maybe the first 10 minutes and then the last 10 minutes said <laughs> there's a yeah. whole lot in between that is rather interesting um yeah this movie was released in 2005 shot back to back with necropolis which we are also watching next uh, next episode and um my first note when watching this is that this is we 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 had better than four by three video in 2005 like there's no way like this wasn't even shot in full screen <laughs> it's it's well, weird that, that, that begs the question ryan where did you watch this i watched it on plex so did you not okay. so did you have I a widescreen i watched it on plex and i had widescreen i think i got like the vhs version then <laughs> Or something. I think you did. I think you did, because because uh, I got it in widescreen. Uh, the video quality. Okay, so for listeners, I've watched Necropolis and this already. Uh, so when we talk about Necropolis, I've already watched it because we were going to watch them out of order, and I decided I was not going to do that. I was going to watch them in order. Uh, that way, they would at least some somewhat make sense to me. Um, because I, I knew characters would carry over, and. Uh, don't do that. Don't watch them in order. Watch them out of you order. Don't watch them out of order like Ryan did. Because you know what? Watching them in order just makes you matter. <laughs> well, if you're following uh, the show, then like the podcast, then you you are watching them out of order. If you're if you're doing your homework ahead of time, like Lou, um, I, I mean, I'm that's sorry. great. That's great that you are you are that excited about these films. I mean, this movie really reminds me of like if you had told me this came and maybe that's maybe it's my fault i watched it in in four by three and i should have maybe looked a little little harder for what probably was the the uh, the right four, version it's three or four versions on plex it, there's you there's four versions uh, on plex three or four oh, i think wow. okay i was browsing it and then it was when it said saying you've watched uh, rave to the grave now here's our recommendation. <laughs> hey, and I we heard say, you like Rave to the Grave. How about another hit, Rave to the Grave? And when I clicked on it, I was like, "Wait, are they recommending me the same movie or a different cut? Did I not watch the unrated version?" And I clicked it, and it was another version of the movie, but I think it was the edited for TV version. Oh, yeah. Um, no, it, it's like we talked before the show. It was the version without the boobs and gore. So yeah. I'm I'm not exactly sure what they showed for 90 minutes on TV, but uh, they 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 couldn't have shown much because that was pretty much all this movie was. <laughs> I could see them cutting out the boobs and and that being a, still a, a a lengthy movie because like it's 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 just sort of in I, the background in an unnecessary scenes. It's not really like pertinent to the having to the watched action. Watched Necropolis and this, I get the vibe that they really held back on things they wanted to do with necropolis there really isn't a lot of nudity there really isn't a lot it's gory but even the gore is kind of mild uh it feels very much like uh it feels gore wise it feels a lot like um the second movie in the series and going into this it feels like they didn't have the money for gore so what are we going to do? Let's throw in the nudity we couldn't do with the last movie. Yeah. Yeah, they well, I mean you've got a college setting, college parties and and I mean 
from a from a standpoint of being able to show that kind of content i think they had the right setting because it fits in very well with like other stuff that was coming in around the time like american pie and all that fun stuff. like that's this movie reminded me of like a late 80s you know type film where you've got like horror mixed with sort of college humor and um the fact that this was filmed in 2005, I don't know if I'm giving the movie too much credit for feeling like what believes to be or feels like the beginning of this franchise, which was Return to the Living Dead, a pretty over the top zombie, you know, um, zombie comedy slash action film. And they kind of accidentally nail it. Like if you had told me this was filmed in the early 90s, late 80s, I'd believe you. But the fact that it's 2005 and I looked it up the same year that uh harry potter uh the goblet of fire came out like that it feels like i mean those are two completely different films but it gives you an idea of where the industry was in terms of like big hit movies and this is not one of them (laughs) you know so big takeaway for me is the movie opens up and peter coyote as the the doctor scientist guy is back and uh Ryan doesn't know that because Ryan hasn't seen the first the, the first of the, these two. You make movies. it sound like I'm a terrible person. Exactly. Sounds like I'm better you know, off. <laughs> you really are. But anyway, he shows up and these Eastern European guys are going to buy a canister of the zombie juice from him, and they're exposing the bodies to, to see if it works. And lo and behold, chaos happens, and two guys get uh, two guys survive the massacre, and the uncle gets killed. And in the meantime. Uh, those two guys, you think that they were buying this stuff or something weird's going on, you don't know. And then later on, those two guys are like, hey, we're we're Interpol agents. And you're like, are you really? Or are you guys just messing with me? But then they start really doing like cop-like stuff. And you go, maybe they are Interpol agents. And they never actually answered the question. <laughs> yeah. There's um I got a lot of clips from those two. Because at one point they go, well, yeah, we called the army in. And I'm like, well then they have to be Interpol agents. Yeah. I was like, I I got the sense that those two at the very beginning were like some sort of umbrella chronicles or umbrella corporation type russian agents but they were they were government like you said they were government agents and they, and they kind of drop it like f- halfway through the movie that they know they are official and they're just co- sort of fish out of water we're in america and um even though as brent pointed out i think maybe pre-show that these were all filmed <laughs> not in america <laughs> um and, and it, i don't know if it shows like they hide that quite well outside of the acting and language barriers but um yeah, there's a lot of overdubbing, as Lou said. Yeah, that was my biggest takeaway, is the two, the first three or four main characters you meet are all very, uh, native-speaking American actors, and they look fine. And then all of a sudden, the guy that the main character is dating, the girl that the get, main character is dating, her brother gets introduced, and he starts talking. And all of a sudden, his lips don't line up quite right with what he's saying. And I was like, is this a streaming problem or is this an or are they overdubbing him? And then somebody else walks into scene and they start having dialogue. And again, their lips don't match what they're saying either. And I started to question whether or not it was 
me or the movie? And I went, huh? And that was when I had to look it up on IMDb. And it was like, oh, yeah, this movie is heavily overdubbed because a bunch of the actors were Eastern European. And I went, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'm ashamed to admit that I I did see both of these on Sci-Fi when they first came out. And the soundtrack is completely different. Oh, really? Don't feel it's bad. Different. Don't yep. feel bad. I watched House of the Dead on Sci-Fi. Oh, it, oh. So, so that, that it don't feel bad. Ugh, it might be the only movie that's got more boobs and gore than this one. And for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> yep. Well, you got to put and something on probably, the poster. Probably got lower ratings than this one too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this, um, I mean, I'll say this, I think that the the bumbling duo of agents really make the film, they kept me, they kept me entertained. Yeah, uh, the first interaction you have, they have, which I, I have here is, is pretty great. Like it, it, the the movie sort of starts off with obviously the gas, uh, every one of the Return of the Dead movies um return of the living dead movie starts with this gas you're, you're becoming a professional now ryan you've seen almost all of them we have one more to go <laughs> i'm not putting that on my business card no matter how impressive it sounds um but uh for some reason they keep trying to use this gas to bring back the dead and and i thought this was a funny sort of intro to that moment at the very beginning well boys let's see if we can get a little bit of life back into the air shall we now this may take a minute. Mm -hmm. It depends on uh, the shape the corpse is in, the quality of the brain stem. Cut it the chatter. Just do it already. Hmm? <laughs> and they do it to the first body, and nothing happens. It's like, oh, well, I don't know. Let's try this other body. And then they like do two other bodies, and it's just like, you guys can't wait. You're, to, like, you're bringing back people from the dead. You know what's going to happen. And they're it, it, waking up the whole room? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and the other thing, too, is I was sad to re when I was doing research on us talking about this. I read somewhere on an IMDb or a Wikipedia somewhere that originally there were these scripts or the, the idea for these movies had been floating around for a couple of years. And apparently at one point they had uh, Toby Hooper uh, uh, to scheduled to direct these and then he walked away. And I was like, you know, that's about the only way these movies could have been good, is if Toby Hooper of Texas Chainsaw Massacre fame did them. Yeah, I feel like a better, like a, you could have increased the value or increased the potential of these films with a better director and maybe, maybe filmed in, you know, higher budget to just have like more resources when it comes to acting. Oh, and You'd be surprised to know that these movies had $8 million budgets, Ryan. I've filmed worse for like less than $1,000 or better, <clears throat> I would say. Not worse. I'm sure I could shoot worse, but <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like we talked in pre-show. I'm, I'm fairly certain that while they were filming these movies, they, they, they put up a sign in English that said, if you can read this, you can be in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I, I, everybody that could stepped forward. I'm convinced that they started the – they did Necropolis – and having watched Necropolis, Necropolis isn't good, but it's not awful either. Um, it definitely has a different vibe than this movie. This movie feels like they had money left over from, from Necropolis, and they just started filming stuff and realized <laughs> that halfway through they ran out of money, and they were like, ah, let's just go with it. Till the money runs out. They're... 
are moments that really scream that that exact scenario and i and i love your uh your explanation brand of like they put up a sign and like i've got the perfect clip for that have you seen cody nah and shit him okay <laughs> hey yep. have you seen cody yeah 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 you had one line man you had one line yeah, yeah one job and you couldn't even oh. Uh, and my favorite concept of this movie is they find this canister, which Ryan doesn't know because he hasn't seen Necropolis. They've seen these canisters before. The news is talking about the zombies coming back to life and the dead walking around and a, a whole corporation that the uncle works for covering it all up. Like this is not like this is like not unknown to the public. And then he finds a canister in his attic. And what do they go? I wonder what it is. Gee. I wonder what it is. You just killed a bunch of zombies in the last movie, and that was like supposed to be nine months ago. Well, uh, two two distinct points there, Lou, though, that this movie does exactly what all the rest of the movies do and pretend the movie that preceded it never happened. I um, I, I, I agree the, with the, you on that. I agree with you on that. The only exception is no characters carry the same characters. As, as the same characters. <laughs> The, the two guys that show up in one and two, they're two bumbling idiots, and they use them as a joke where they look at each other and go, gee, I feel like we've done this before. Wait, you yeah, know? and that's that's what that's what our Interpol guys are supposed to be. They just don't quite pull it off. Those two agents right. are in the other one, too? No. Oh, okay. no, 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 no. No, from, from, from Return of the Living Dead to Return of the Living Dead 2, they have the— um, Oh, that's right. The same two characters. Um, what is it? But the, uh, but the, Matthew, I, Tom Matthews and James Karen. Are in the same, yeah. Oh, okay, and but they don't play the same characters. They just play mm-hmm. bumbling idiots that are l- similar to the ones they were in the last movie. So yep. again, I know that they most these movies always forget what the last one is, but they've never had continuous like a continuous character arc, and they kind of do that in this. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. This hurts my head. Well, I mean, Lou, I don't know if you remember, but the uncle is a top secret government official, which he, he seems to throw around a whole, a whole lot, especially early, well, he has one line that he does it, but. Tell me, do we look stupid to you? Listen, this is the original canister. I know because I obtained it myself. I was a top secret government official. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Try it on him, go on. <laughs> I was a top government official. It's like. I, again, he's another actor. I'm, so, I'm amazed Peter Coyote dumbed himself down to be in these movies well that line well, that he delivered there felt like he was that was his final day and he's like i'm out of here like that was the yeah that was the pinnacle moment definitely definitely well and that's the other thing i have uh, one of the problems i have the biggest problem i've circled it several times the, these canisters that they keep moving around so the thing is about the size of a 55 gallon drum and if it was full of liquid as i think everyone is assuming it is initially and a body, it would weigh at least 400 pounds. And so, A, why would anybody, as you, you know, you get into the movie, you see in a few minutes, why would anybody store them in the attic? I mean, that, <laughs> the best yeah. possible place for a 400-pound drum. And then these college kids are moving these drums around like they're a keg. And it's just like, yeah, we'll just throw it over here. We'll throw it in the back. We'll do it. <laughs> Come yeah, on. <laughs> that's a good point. That, and, that, and then when they find it and they start experimenting with it to see what it is and running chemical analysis, what is the black kid's first response? Let's make drugs with it. And you go, wait a minute. He was in the last <clears throat> movie and he was like the voice of reason and the smart guy. 
Why is he all of a sudden want to make drugs with this stuff? What? what? Yeah. Well, well, yeah, and they have him. They have him at a party early in the movie. He, he's at a party now. This is this was this was one of the first really gratuitous boobs for no reason scenes. And in the background, he's at a table in a lab coat with beakers mixing chemicals. <laughs> yeah, what? I, I have a note. It's like, why does the nerd running around with it? Like, it's not even a costume party. He just wears his lab yeah. coat. <laughs> everywhere, everywhere. I, um, I don't know. I, I need your help, though, because uh, that reminds me of a clip. Like, what is this person saying here? It's in relation to him making some sort of concoction. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I heard toxicology there, but everything before that is just nonsense. He says something about ma- zombie toxicology. It's what he says. Oh, well, I hear. Doctor of doctor of toxicology. Because I'm a doctor, a doctor of toxicology. And know. he says all together. It sounds like he says all together. Now we're into zombie toxicology. I think you're putting more uh, words. You're giving him more credit. Than- <laughs> <laughs> well, it goes back to what we that sign at the beginning. If you yeah. can read this, <laughs> I've got a lot of that. Um, you, you mentioned him making drugs. Like he's got there's this. He's not even the drug dealer. He's just the guy that makes the drugs. This is the drug dealer. Speed to speed, skid's got what you need. Huh? Skid is his name. Yep. So Skeet, um, isn't it Skeet? I thought it was Skeet. I, I, and, I, I, and I, his, his name is Skeet. Is it Skeet? Like, oh, I heard Skid there. Yeah, Skeet's better than Skid. So I think I have another one where he, I might have. Oh, this one. Listen, if you can trust your drug dealer, who can you trust, huh? <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong, I guess. Like if I don't know, like if you have a theoretically, drug dealer, yeah, you don't probably don't have a lot of repeat customers if they're all dead. But. Exactly. And and so the other thing too is the other thing too is he's one of the more entertaining characters. I was like, oh wait, we got the dumb drug dealer. I can't wait for him to turn. And lo and behold, he lasts quite a while. Yeah, no, he lasted longer than I was expecting. The one that killed me though is the when you when they introduce him and he's giving those those dorm room guys pills and he tells them don't take what don't take too many, take one at a time. And they all go ah lightweight. And they all take a handful. And I was like. Oh, this is not going to end well. It doesn't, Lou. It doesn't. <laughs> hey, you guys feel anything yet? Mm. No. You don't think that grease bag ripped us off, do you? He better not have, because I swear to God I will. And it, it goes like that for like 20 <laughs> seconds, where he's just like having a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> you guys all right? Oh, I'm not gonna play that loud. <laughs> he starts vomiting as well. It's not. It's not great. Yeah. But well, and, and even a, even a little bit prior to that, but one of the things that um, kind of blew me away is when you know they they had to they were doing all their scientific research on the canister, and then everybody leaves and they promise to you know unhook it and do whatever else, and all of a sudden this the same kid he whips out like this entire menagerie of tools that are completely made for like manufacturing drugs in your home. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I mean, we got like a group of young Pablo Escobars here. It's like, wh- where do you guys get all this stuff from? I mean, yeah. I was confused. I was like, Is that in his house or was he using like the school premises? Because it was really hard to tell whether he was in his own he, lab or. I think he was in the school lab, but I mean, yeah. from my perspective, that almost makes it worse. Oh, it's definitely worse. <laughs> I'm, I'm manufacturing drugs on school property. Although I think there was like a Breaking Bad character that would use 
he would use the school lab. I think it was a good, I think it was a better call Saul sort of inter- introduction, but yeah, like the clip that like that segment there, like these are two guys who are transforming because they took too much of the drugs. But later on in the film, they talk about how you always turn. It depends on how much you take. But then like, why does the drug dealer take so long to turn? Cause he seems to be popping them throughout the movie. It's, <laughs> It's hard. They don't really have rules, but then again, if you try to read into it too much, it, you're probably just making your life harder. <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, and, 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 and the drug dealer himself, did, did he remind anybody else of like a very European Timothy Oliphant? Yes. Like he just, yeah. He had, that, he had that kind of vibe, but then he had that, the, the accent just kind of threw you. It's like the if, if the hit, if the, if the hit man lot, was European. <laughs> a lot of the actors, you were, you'd be like, oh, wow, that's an interesting looking guy. And then they'd open their mouth and you'd go, oh, Eastern European. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, and, and, and it was supposed to take place in California. And every time somebody would open up their mouth, they'd be like, the Russians are moving. I didn't believe that for a second. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah they actually, actually, Ryan. If you watched Acropolis, that was filmed in the same locations as this. Mm-hmm. They totally make it feel like California. Oh. Like they totally nail it. I didn't. This I, one on the other hand, not at all. The settings didn't bother me. It was the acting. I think when it came to locale, like I thought the settings were looked like a really, um, they they look like a community college sort of setting. Like not not quite like Ivy League. Not Ivy League for sure. It's hard to say. Like I know, like here in Canada, we have colleges and universities, um, and they're sort of like very they're closer together, uh, in terms of sort of their settings but then there is like the community college stage which is kind of just like a one step above a like a it's just sort of a big building where they have classes and stuff but i i mean yeah like there's a lot of weirdness going on in this film and there's a lot of cluelessness too like as those two guys are transforming his buddy is just like standing there watching and he (laughs) well what's wrong what should I call for a help? Should I bring you something? Brains. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, um, and then this happens. Come on, Chucky. We're frat brothers. We're supposed to share everything. Especially when it comes to internal organs. Again, like, it, it really felt like an 80s line there. I was like, okay, like, the writing here <clears throat> and the delivery really fits the it tone that they're going for. It was moments like that that I was like, wow, I kind of like this movie. And then all of a sudden, things like the uh, the, the 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 main character. I enjoyed this movie as long as the main character wasn't on scene. Yeah, pretty much. And every time, every time he shows up with his girlfriend, and oh, he's Julian. like, trying to, yeah. Julian. Every, every time he shows up and he's like trying to figure stuff out, I'm like, oh man, I hate this movie. <laughs> And then all of a sudden they do some kind of crazy thing with zombies. And I go, all right, I I'm into this movie again. And then all of a sudden he, I'm supposed to like care about him. And I'm like, I didn't care about him in Necropolis either. So why do I care about him now? Can we just kill him off? He was probably the worst of surprisingly as the main character, the worst of the whole bunch. And he's not, um, he's not really a focus for the for a majority of the film they kind of like shy away from him but you're right whenever he is on he's he's kind of the kind of the worst um what else do i got here oh there there's a great segment that where he's running the the frat guys running away from the other two frat guys and he comes in on like a band practice and i really like that segment again like felt very 80s movie 
want to jam with us? Help me! Help me! They're after me! Who's after you, bro? Them! <laughs> I love that moment. It was so great. And I even wrote down sort of the, uh, he grabs the guitar and you think he's just going to wallop the guy with the zombie with it. And he hits him on the neck so hard that his head pops off. <laughs> and it's just so 80s awesome. And and I, I agree with you, Lou. Like, there's these moments in this film where... From a from the zombie genre perspective, they really nail some of these moments. And I think if they had just done a little more work to clean up some of the, I don't even know, like it's it's sort of, I guess it's more of the storytelling, you know, where they're trying to kind of tell a story. That's where I, it falls I, apart. I, I, I have to say, when the two Eastern European guys can't get into the rave because they look like federal agents. <laughs> Uh, and they and they they steal the 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 outfits from the girls and the they're gladiators. Running, yeah, 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 they're running around as female gladiators. I can't tell you how hard I laughed. I saw it coming a mile away, so I wasn't surprised. But I was like, oh, at least they're trying to entertain me. They know this is garbage. They're just trying to make me laugh. They, those two are the best part of this film, um, hands down. I think the worst part of the film you you had said was Julian. Like he's just he's just sort of I guess semi tolerable. But I I felt like the worst character was the DJ, and they kept propping him up as this character that was like, oh, he's the greatest. And I told you this before we started recording. The reason he's so prominent in the film is he was apparently an Eastern European pop star. Well, I wouldn't believe it based on these two clips here. No, man. No bugger germ will cause me to fail. After the show, I'll still get plenty of tail. You know this. Ah. Now let's get busy. <laughs> and the best part is, is that's not his real voice. He really is overdubbed with somebody else's voice. Oh, yes, he is. Yep. They DJ like legit replaced yep. the... Oh. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yes. I, I, I just figured he, like they, they got him he, in, the, in the booth no, later. Eastern European, he has a really thick Slavic accent, and I think he couldn't master an American accent, and that's why he's overdubbed, is they had somebody else overdub his voice. Because his voice and his pitch don't match his look, or his, or, or, that, that guy does not look like he should talk like that. Okay. Interesting. That changes the whole perspective. It really bothered me at first, until I realized what was going on, and I was like, oh, okay. Huh. I mean, he also says, he says the name of the movie. Take a smile on your face from the rave to the grave! He was really terrible. He was the worst. I think he was the worst. He was really bad. Um, But, uh, yeah. yeah, Okay, so when I watched Necropolis, I really didn't enjoy any of those main characters. I just kind of liked the the, the premise of the movie. Uh, When I watched this, Every character that carried over from Necropolis, I went, oh, I don't like you. Oh, I don't like you. Oh, I don't like you. And the only character I liked from Necropolis to carry over was the was the, the the skinny blonde chick. And she gets turned into a zombie and is only in like 20 minutes of this. And I was like, oh, okay. That's the lady who bites the the other guy's penis off? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's the, that's the Olive Garden clip I'm sure you have saved. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I had it clipped, but I did not. I did not bring it over. Um, it was really. It, no, wait. What did I? I clipped something. Oh no! I think it was just uh, him screaming because it was really. I can't remember now. I know I clipped something from that. From that saying. Oh, you know what it was? It was him reacting to her going. Uh, you know, and he's like, "Oh man, I'm gonna get you to say more than that," and whatever. And it was just like it was really '80s 
cheese it's ball super, stuff. It's really funny too because if you watch Necropolis, she's like dorky and got glasses, and she really is dressed very dorky through most of the movie. And in this, they were like, ah, she doesn't need to dress like that anymore. She's in college. Let's let's take the glasses away and make her dress half naked. And I was like, oh, all right, she won't be around long. She's gonna die soon. Yeah, in the first one, she's kind of the she's kind of the Urkel. She's the comedy yeah. relief. She's really? uh, crashes the bike and trips yeah. over stuff. And yep. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, this it, is really no, weird. Can, you're right. I, this is much better without that film. Yeah, you, you're gonna watch Necropolis <laughs> and then think about this movie. And you're gonna go, "Whoa, Louis had a really different experience." Yeah. Um. And again, like I keep bringing it back to this '80s feel. I'm not gonna play this whole thing, but like. Right early on in the film, as they're transitioning away from the first scene with the gas, you get this segment with the cheerleaders, and it's very 80s, but also very overdubbed. K to the I to the L to the L, we'll kill ya, we'll thrill ya, we'll leave your team in pain. And it kind of just keeps going. can't listen to the whole thing it's really bad but <laughs> it's um it's just again it reminds me of 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 80s movies you know just having like a random raunchy cheerleader uh cheerleader chant it's it fits in with this movie uh and and it, it there's payoff uh at the end of the film where i think they're like they're doing they're doing a setup again and then the zombies like one of the zombies literally bites one of their butts <laughs> which doesn't make sense like if they're craving brains like there's some really choice um and again going back to the gratuitous violence and nudity like there's some really choice zombie bites that are like if they're going after brains they overuse the behind the head bite a lot (laughs) um i think because it allows them to not have to recreate someone's face you could just have them bite like a like a a mannequin molds and then just take like the same piece of scalp off every time (laughs) they really saved on budget there uh, but I noticed they did that shot a lot. This movie did a lot of things to save on budget. Also, the guy that comes out of the tank and is standing out on the road with the sign that says, "Oh, I love that tar man, tar man." That says, "Yeah, tar man." It says "rave or bust." You can tell that that's a guy in a suit. And oh, like yeah. at no point do you really think that that's actually a zombie. Like, like I, at least in the other movies, tar man is at least sort of, uh, sort of. You believe that it's a zombie and not a guy in a suit, and in this you go, "Oh, that's clearly a guy in a suit." Yeah. Now, did you guys catch? Um, so after the, after the the sort of frat bro thing, um, and they go back into the lab. Did you guys catch where the the lab dork and the blonde girl were talking about? Um, this is kind of where, where Mister Stinky comes in, um, but the the lab guy because she brought that stuff in and wanted to try it out on the mice and. He was like, "Well, I don't want to. I don't really want to do this. I thought you were going to help me with my colon cleansing lab." Did yeah. you guys catch that? Yeah, I caught that. I was like, "What the heck is yeah. he talking about?" Yeah. Well, and then my wife pointed out that during the movie, she calls that guy three different names. She calls him Brad. She calls him Brett, and she calls him Brent. <laughs> during that, but my wife thought that was hilarious. <laughs> so maybe she just has, wants nothing to do with the guy. And keeps forgetting who it is, and uh, pretty much, I think, yeah. I don't know. They just didn't have a script and they just knew it was a B name. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. It's easier just to blame the character. For like, I mean, I knew people like that in high school. They're like, well, what's your name again? Oh, right. Yeah. Brian, how's it going, man? Um, not necessarily like it, it doesn't necessarily have to be like the popular girl. It could be anybody really. Like, and I, I, I guess you're right. Like, it's probably just a bad script, but you mentioned Mr. Stinky and 
I don't know why, but I felt the need to just capture every moment that they say Mr. Stinky. So enjoy this little run. Mr. Stinky? Not Mr. Stinky. Brett. Jenny, this rat has a brilliant mind. I will not have you poison him with your boyfriend's party supplies. There's Brett right there. Ah, ah, ah. What's wrong? Mr. Stinky bit me. Bad, Mr. Stinky. Oh, thank God. Something's wrong with Mr. Stinky. I, I don't know where he is. He got out. Who? I found Mr. Stinky. Now, for some reason, Mr. Stinky is, like, making zombie sounds here. So... Because I guess he, he, I guess he ingested the, the sort of the gas. And I mean, I have, I have one culmination to the Mr. Stinky phrase. Okay, you guys grab those two. I got Mr. Stinky. Mr. Stinky? <laughs> oh, Julian, you're terrible. Um, yeah, I don't know what, like, I don't know why the, I latched onto the Mr. Stinky stuff, but I thought it was hilarious that they just, they I'm just focused back on this rat for some reason. <laughs> you did because the rat stuff was so throwaway to me i almost forgot it was even in this movie it doesn't make like i get it from a lab rat perspective like they kind of but they're they already know what i'm pretty sure they already have pieced together what's happening but also you're right lou and brent like if this is the sequel to necropolis and these characters have experienced these zombies before they should need to test their theory and also if this is the sequel to necropolis why did they make drugs out of it? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I guess you're right. Like this is. Oh, I, maybe I think this because really the guys. <clears throat> yeah, the guys from Men in Black came in and gave them all the neuralizer, and they've all completely forgotten the first movie. That's even the though. Only way this makes sense. Even though they were literally filming it the previous day. <laughs> oh man. Um. I. Uh. There's a really funny scene that I'm surprised took till the end of the film to get, and I guess it is more or less because they gave. This is the first scene where um, our heroes get guns. Um, it's where I think one of the friends just, well, just listen. Shelby, get down! Oops. I hope he was a zombie. <laughs> he just shoots some random guy at a rave. And I'm thinking to myself, like, <laughs> these people don't have weapon training and they're given these guns and they're in a very popular, you know, rave party where there's a bunch of people. And he just, he just yells, get down and some guy like walks out in front of the bullet and takes it <laughs> and uh my other thing too is is they show up at the rave and it's looking for the person and there's this big outer wall that they could like walk around and look down in the hole for the person that they're looking for and what do they do they run right down the stairs and into the crowd and i went <laughs> why did you do that and then all of a sudden people around them start getting bit and turned into zombies and they look at each other like oh we shouldn't have done this and I'm like, no kidding. Well, at the same time, though, the party never stops the whole time that's happening. Yeah. I mean, there's there's people turning into zombies everywhere, and everyone's still just kind of, you know, riding their ecstasy wave and just kind of they keep on partying. And it's like not till the very, very end where it's like, oh, wait, something's wrong. Maybe I should leave. Yeah. And then when they, then they go looking for the brother up in the up in the the the, the DJ booth. And, and and he's like waiting for them and like hunting them like an animal. I'm like, oh, here we go. It's last boss time. Yeah, exactly, it's, exactly. Uh, well, and even a little bit, even a little bit prior to that, when they had the when they were setting up for the rave, um, and they had kind of 
everybody who honestly it seemed like at the point had something better to do but they all dropped what they were doing and came to help set up for this rave which i <laughs> thought was a little confusing i don't even like helping my neighbors move i'm not sure i'd come and help people set up for a rave but there's there's a lot of uh in a getting ready montage that's what i've labeled it in my notes um there's a lot of people like pulling chains and ropes that don't seem to do anything like they're just pulling chains for the sake of pulling chains <laughs> i don't know if that's supposed to be you know just absolutely great but then the also when the uh the drug dealer the 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 european timothy oliphant is at the rave and on the ground and freaking out and he has that vision of the red devil like none yeah. of none of, none of the people stopped and went wonder if this guy's having a problem should somebody go check on him <laughs> and of course yep. nobody then, does <laughs> that was a really odd part where the movie never really showed a lot of hallucinations. I think that was the only one that we got someone clearly having it, this. It was, it was it was all an excuse so that they could put a woman naked it, dressed as the devil. That's yeah. all that was there for. I suppose. But again, it fit it fit with the, the 80s motif they were going for because that was totally, totally what would have been done if this movie was made in the 80s. Um, yeah, like that whole rave setup part like i had some questions about that like is that a were they literally partying in a graveyard like that was my first question is it or did they decorate some ancient amphitheater like i was really hard yeah, to that's what it looks like yep. like an amphitheater okay because again like i thought oh is this is is this where this is gonna go like it's a it's a it's a it's a graveyard and they're gonna know that there's lots of ancient amphitheaters in uh, southern california I'm sure there's at least one, right? <laughs> well, and, and to that to that point, Lou, did you guys notice notice that all the license plates in the entire movie were from New York? Oh, Every last no, license plate said, I, said New York. I kept trying <laughs> okay. to look. I kept trying to look at license plates, and I, I and I didn't really get a good view of any of them. Yeah, the the opening scene with the big the big dually pickup truck. I'm pretty sure that one said Washington, and if you look at the roads, the with, with all the evergreens, it actually kind of makes sense. But everything else said New York. Hmm. So I, yeah, it's, it's a really, I, I, I have this, <laughs> this is near the end of the film and the clip is just Jurassic Park did it better. I don't remember what it is, but maybe you guys will. So that was the boss fight. And it reminded me of uh, the intro to Jurassic Park. So. Uh, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. No, I think I, I think I'm picking up on you there. Yeah, shooter. You know, um, yeah, it's a, it's not a great movie, but um, there. I'm, I'm very glad I watched it. This has actually been on my, on my, I need to see this list for uh, forever. But the reason I've never gotten around to it is it's such a hard movie to find. Oh, this is the first time and, for you. Yeah. Oh. For I really, I, 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 I'd seen Necropolis in bits and pieces but i had never seen this from beginning to end wow that's um did that... did you guys notice the uh the helicopter at the very end the big and, and what the helicopter said on it wasn't it united states police i saw that yes too, you, and I was united like... states police with a guy in it shooting an ak-47 yep so i mean, I mean nothing is more american than an ak-47 <laughs> i was just gonna say like i don't want to sound too canadian here or out of touch but like i saw that and i was just like okay I mean, that works. That makes sense to me. <laughs> I mean, United States police, that kind of threw me off a little bit, but I was kind of like, well, maybe, 
maybe they call everything police, you know, like they have well, the that, capital that, police. That's who Interpol called? They called the United States police? <laughs> I, I guess like, I guess when you really think about it, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But I thought you couldn't have tried a little harder. One, hey, I've, I've got zombies. Um, <laughs> can you send the United States police? <laughs> yeah. I guess you're right. Well, they say that the army's coming, and then all of a sudden the United States police show up, and you go, what? So for the record, though, like, there's not, like, a, like, do you think, but here's my thing, like, outside looking in, it's um my thought process when you have a helicopter, and you, it's like a, a police helicopter or whatever, like, it's not, United, like, the United States is going to be It'd on be there somewhere, but it's not going to be literally United States police, so I guess in a flash I thought... That it makes would sense. LA, it would say LA County Police Department or well, it would something say, like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of course, it would have like sort of the, the county or the, the state at the very least of what's on there. But I figured like somewhere, like a lot of our, like a lot of our, um, you know, uh, that type of equipment would have the Canadian flag on there. But I guess it wouldn't be like front and center. It'd be over and off to the left to just designate yeah, it. it. Yeah. It, would, it wouldn't say. Canadian Mountie Branch Helicopter Police. It would... uh, no, I mean like Royal Mountie Police. Like it would have Royal Canadian Mountie Police. Like that. Uh, but I get where you guys are coming from. Where it's like, no, that's clearly just someone in Ukraine thinking that no, it's the United States Police. But it should be. It should have been it, to make more sense. It, it could have just been United. I don't know. They said they called the army. Put United States military on there, and like it's more believable. United yeah. States Police doesn't make. A lot of sense. No, that uh, yeah, I did notice that, and it kind of threw me off. But them coming oh, in guns judging, blazing. Yeah, just judging from the colors, I'm guessing they borrowed that helicopter from Finland. That's what I'm guessing yep. they borrowed it from. <laughs> yep. Um, and then they just wrote United States Police on it, which yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I guess vinyl's that, cheap. <laughs> and not only that, it was probably a quick and easy peel off, and they probably didn't have to pay much for those stickers. Exactly. Well, it's exactly kind of weird right. that they go from machine gun to to missile to like blow the whole thing to smithereens and yeah to the guy with the ak-47 to now we have a tomahawk missile on board our helicopter (laughs) okay (laughs) yep that's totally believable i mean well and you know in in terms of the whole bullet thing i mean if you if you follow the return of the living dead series at all the the one place where i'm the last two movies really bother me is if you follow the first three movies zombies don't die no. They just don't die. I mean, you electrocute oh. them, you completely incinerate them, you hit them with a nuclear bomb, you're just making your problem worse. And then this one, we're back to the, oh, okay, if you shoot them three times, they're dead. Like Yeah, uh, two, two does the thing where if they get electrocuted, it does something mm-hmm. to them. And it, and, it, and it it doesn't necessarily kill them, but it kind of like makes them stop moving. Yeah. It, it yeah well, I think, I think yeah, at the end of two, I think they pretty much had them pretty much things pretty much under control. But then, you know, even in three, they didn't necessarily die. But then all of a sudden we're back to and even honestly, even enough body shots killed them in the fourth and the fifth one. And I I always I always kind of like that about the difference between, you know, when George Romero and John Russo split up and they, they each took their half of the of the genre that we know now as zombies, that the John Russo zombies didn't die. Yeah, and the Romero, and, the Romero zombies did die. And I mean, and these movies have always been tongue in cheek and kind of goofy, and that's one of the things I've always liked about them. But the, this and Necropolis are almost too goofy 
to the point where you're like, okay, this is this isn't just trying to be silly and be funny. This is we don't have a budget, so what do we do here? Kind of funny. Yeah, they really do lean in on on the funny. And I mean, folks at home might be wondering, like, they keep mentioning these secret agents. We got a little bit of them. Um, but I've been purposely holding off because I, I completely separated all those clips because they're all so great. And um, you mentioned going for the head. Like, I think the third Return of the Living Dead kind of establishes that you can't kill them, but you can stop them by, like, kind of piercing their brain. But as soon as you remove that piece, like, you can they have, slow like, them. the... You can slow them down. Yeah, you had the spike gun that they would, like, kind of try to shoot. Oh, no, it was the... The third one was the spike gun, but it would shoot, like, this... Um, that froze them that yeah, froze them yeah. froze their heads yep. again didn't kill them but but would like immobilize them and i think there was even one zombie who had his head shattered but still came back to life but no this one again doubles down on the on the go for the head go for the head man and uh that clip will probably stick around as we continue these clips but um yeah there's there's also this clip that's very beginning now you believe me Bye-bye, fat boy. <laughs> um, that, the beginning there is the secret agent dying and and saying, like, doubling down, like, hey, because they're questioning whether the gas works. And he's like, no, you believe me? He's like, yeah, you're being eaten alive. Like, we get it. You don't have to rub it in. Um, again, really weird writing, but also bye-bye, fat boy was, was really great. Um, but yeah, these, these two... Um, Secret agents. I have written that one of them kind of reminded me of like an Eastern European Joe Pesci, a little bit. I don't know if you guys felt that. Um, trying to remember. Uh, Gino. Which... Yeah, Gino. Yeah. It was Gino and Aldo were the two yeah. agents. Yep. I think it was Gino that reminded me of Joe Pesci. Uh, Aldo, I think he was just in a category all his own. But um, they kind of go weirdly back and forth for the whole film. And I mean, this is kind of my theme for them. But first. We go get Krispy Kreme. <laughs> and that basically summarizes their interactions through the whole film. Like they are, they are both serious, but also like completely clueless across the whole film. But um, yeah, it's, it's really weird. Uh, I don't know if we want to rip through these or if you guys have thoughts on, on these two that you want to talk about and I'll just cue clips up. Like what, what are you, what are we thinking here? Uh, Just tear through, man. I want to hear what you have to say. Hear these. Okay. Brains! He wants my brains? Gino, that's all he's after. You have nothing to worry about, my friend. Oh, shut up. That was the Joe Pesci. (laughs) Oh, shut up. (laughs) I had Home Alone, like, flashbacks there a little bit. Uh, There's also this one. Why do you drive so slow? Stop telling me how to drive, Gino. I wouldn't if you weren't such a terrible driver. I have just two words for you, my friend, and that's packing order. Searching for these canisters is like searching for needle in flapjack. It's haystack, Gino. Searching for needle in haystack. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I had that one labeled as this married couple, and it felt very, very reminiscent of it. That's perfect. Yeah. And um, they, they go back to the well of like him messing up like American you know, uh, phrases a lot. And, uh, I kind of missed that one, the first sort of run through. And then when I was going back to capture them, kind of him complaining about his driving, I was like, Oh my gosh, they, uh, they had like a, one of those weird, uh, quote mess ups. Um, 
This one's called Big Slide, so... Once we oh, go home, God. heroes, there is nothing more than pussy discotheque, caviar, and a swimming pool with a big slide! Do you think the people at Interpol have a problem with this, uh, this movie... Um, basically surmising the, the the pinnacle of an Interpol agent's career is finding one of these drums. <laughs> I don't, but no, in the film, he kind of like references the president wanting them yeah, but to the president, find, like the president. I, of I, I recall or, that. Or the president. Well, yeah, the, the president. And it's like, I wrote down it, Actually, this is a comment from my wife. She's like the president of what? Moldova. <laughs> I mean, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah. <laughs> the dialogue is clearly written by someone who's never been to America and doesn't understand like the FBI or the NSA or the CIA. They just go, uh, what is the, what does America have? I don't know. We deal with those Interpol jackasses. <laughs> Everybody's Interpol. Yeah. yeah this is, Interpol this is America. We, there? Uh, not it. Well, it, in America, I don't think so. Yeah, but this is also the country that has six different bureaus that all do the same thing, too. So well, it's, hard, it's hard to know. Interpol does operate within the United States, but they're not here. They're here to investigate European crime that comes over here. They're, yeah. not, actually, they're not actually carrying guns. They're just investigators to talk to the FBI. Are the bins it's, American? Like the, the, the gas bins, the zombie bins, I guess? Yes, they're okay. American. So then why are they there? Is that explained in is that nope. that's not explained. They're just there? They're just there. Oh, okay. This is getting worse. <laughs> um, well, you have to see you have to see the previous movie. That gives you a little bit of an explanation. Yeah, oh, yeah, when, you see, when you see the previous movie, dude, you're gonna look at this movie in a whole new light. Because uh, what's the what's the company called? Isn't it called Hydra? Isn't the company in the in Necropolis called Hydra? It's something Hydra. like that. Hydra is basically the poor man's version of Umbrella. It, li- I mean, literally is. You know, they yeah, say it's the poor man's version I, of Hydra. It, it, <laughs> it is the poor man's version of of Umbrella to the point where they make food, they mm-hmm. make medicine, they make yep. technology. If you name it, Hydra is involved in it, or whatever the hell the name of the company is. Yeah. And they even have a commercial where they talk about the outbreaks of zombies in cities. And that Hydra was part of the cleanup process. And how proud they are to help cleaning up the zombies in America. And then this movie happens and you go, what? Never mentioning that they're the cause also. But yeah. Um, I got another one here where I, I, this is uh, the Canadian wanting to know why these. uh, Just, yeah, listen to this. Give us a call. We're at Motel 6. Just off the interstate. So my experience with interstates in in, in the states has been really interesting because, like, um, I find that I was really impressed that they had these. You had a bunch of these little highways, interstates, all all connecting. A bunch, like every fifteen miles, there's a McDonald's you can go off. Now this is when I was traveling, um, actually towards Lou's neck of the woods, uh, New Hampshire. Um, but Motel Six, we have those here. Um, they're not that fancy. And I mean, I guess we shouldn't really expect these agents to yeah. be staying yeah, in a fancy hotel, the but I think that's exactly the point. Yeah, is they're not that fancy. That's the rent a room by the day or by the week kind yeah. of place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So I was, yep. I, I was kind of in. That's the joke: is that these Interpol agents are staying at a shitty hotel. Um, and do you know why they're called Motel Sixes? Like, isn't it because they're like sixty-six bucks a night or something? No, because when they originally came out, you could stay at one for six dollars. Mm-hmm. Oh, and th- and then they went up on price over the years, no and now it's about now it's about fifty bucks a night. Yeah, I think they're. Yeah, it's like Trader Joe's and their two buck Chuck, right? I mean, uh-huh. <laughs> now it's three ninety nine, and people are like, "Oh, what the hell?" <laughs> they call it the four buck Chuck. It still works. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see the problem there, and that's why I said like with Motel Six. I think the rooms, the rooms here, are like sixty six. Like I, I gotta like the Motel Six here, like in town, isn't that bad. I mean, that's where we had like a block of rooms for our, for my wedding, but um. It, it it serves a purpose. I just thought it was funny that Interpol agents would be staying at Motel 6, especially if you're in California, you'd think there would be, they'd have a bigger expense budget. They could probably find something a little more their style, but I thought it was a funny, like if you think of outside looking in from a European perspective, they're filming this in Ukraine. Um, Motel 6 would probably come to mind as like, what's a, what's a, what's a chain that is as American sounds American and would be known kind of worldwide. I think Motel Six kind of fits that bill, right? Like Best Western is really, but I would, I would I would agree with that. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Um, we got another screw up here. Bullshit. No. Bullseye. <laughs> I love the fact that they're driving around listening to opera. I was yeah. like, I was like, really. <laughs> Really? It's you European. Like, if you just, if you look at any Europeans like playlist, we have Europeans that listen to this. Let us know. How often do you listen to like opera music while you're driving around? Um that's that's a joke, by the way, don't get upset. Um this was also a scene where he takes out a bazooka to yeah. blow up a car. Yeah. <clears throat> I thought yeah. that was overkill, but I still appreciated the fact that he used a bazooka in like just in the middle of the road there. Did you guys catch the the copious amounts of sand poured on the road so they could skid that car out? No, was, I didn't I mean, catch it. It was basically a beach. <laughs> so even <laughs> even a sixteen year old could have spun that car in a half hour. Got out. <laughs> oh man! Then there was the and I I want to I I wanted to make sure I pointed this out when they were um, up with the DJ and the DJ was kind of had the I think it was I want to say it was Julian pinned down and he was gonna kind of come in and. It was the over-the-top-of-the-head shot you've been talking about, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a total throwback shot to um, Return of the Living Dead 2 when they were at the power station, and that bully kid was coming after the main character, Jesse, and he was kind of hovering over him, and then he got electrocuted in the end. Yeah. It, I mean, I, 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 couldn't have, it, I couldn't have seen a be- better homage if, if I had planned it. It looked like a total homage. It probably was. Yeah, I can see that. I think the, like I said, there's a lot of good about this film. Um, and I think if you're going to pay tribute to previous, like you've got a, you've got a good long franchise here started in the late eighties and kind of sporadically continuing through the nineties and, and the early two thousands. Um, it makes sense to kind of like call back to those original two that were fairly well received, but yeah. Um, again, like these Interpol agents were kind of the best. You can relax. The good guys are here. Like, I think, like, if you have to yell that as you're coming in, that that sounds like a pretty good catchphrase for them. That was probably the 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 follow up to or 
or maybe the runner up to what would have been their theme. Um, they had some other stuff here. Class dismissed. Now, what was it you were saying about not seeing any canister? Um, that's when they, when we are, our, our heroes and the agents first come together in, after an action sequence, like obviously the Interpol agents had questioned Julian and Julian's like, oh, I don't know anything about this gas canisters. And, uh, sure enough. Yeah. He, he knew quite a bit, but I love that line. Class dismissed. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I kind of oh. just wanted more of them. I think oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when they were in the uh, they were in the attic and they found the one canister and they were arguing over who got the, I, I think what you could call a selfie with the canister, <laughs> and then they had said that I, I forget the they had mentioned two other agents that had found five canisters and they they said that they had gotten a trip to a trip to Euro Disney and a case of Cristal, and it was like, I, is that really the motivations of Interpol? <laughs> I. It's got to be a greater good there. It comes up quite a bit. I mean, I don't want to jump the queue here, but you mentioned it. I regret there will be no case of Cristal for you, my friend. Yeah. And no Euro Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, Euro Disney uh, is, I guess it may, like, it makes sense. Like, they're Interpol and stuff, but I, it's kind of a neat, neat fit. Like, case of Cristal is like a type of vodka, right? Am I, am I mistaken there? Oh, Cristal yeah. is champagne. It's oh, champagne. Yeah. Oh, okay. It, yeah. I guess I should have yeah. known that. Um, I'm not a big, I'm not a big champagne drinker, uh, or for that matter. But uh, yeah, like there was a lot. There, um, there's this Thank one. you, my friend. I'm going to recommend you for accommodation. I'd rather have a case of Cristal. Let's go. <laughs> okay, he mentions the Cristal there again. Um, they're acting. I like. I don't know if they were overdubbed, but they had. Uh, they had some moments that was was pretty funny in terms of like, oh, they should have done a second take on this. I would advise you to get out of here, young lady. Oh, get out of here! Galan, get out of here! Go! Does he know who she is? Like, he just names drop, name drop her, like, get, get out of here, Caroline. It's like, what? You don't know these people. You're talking to them as if you know them, but you don't. It's really weird. The movie's full of that stuff. I know. I know. And then I guess Gino has a problem with maybes. So I captured this. There's a lot of it through the film, but this was the funniest. Time to clean up and go. Maybe too late. Another maybe. Brave. You know how I hate maybe. <laughs> oh, man. Um, you mentioned him calling for backup. I captured that. Call for backup. We need assistance. Requesting backup immediately. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Is help coming? The Americans have already been alerted. Yeah. General says they've dealt with this problem before and know exactly what to do. Maybe they're sending a transport to get us out of here. Let's go for a clearing. Um, so he called the general, and that to me, like, so does Interpol have generals? Again, I no. I kind of went back to like a, a general of the United States police. Yeah, <laughs> and for yeah, the I record, couldn't put that yeah. one together either. Yeah, I was like, I but then I kind of went back to my original theory that they were like Russian agents. So and then general kind of would have worked because they all report to a general like in the you know outside looking in sort of thing. Like I don't know, they must report to a general or some sort. But um, 
it was just really weird. And then they call the Americans and yes, they call the, they get the United States police. Um, and then something <laughs> weird happens at the end of the film. Like they kill Gino off screen. <laughs> it's really weird. It sure was a hell of a party. Hello guys. Have you seen Gino? No. Let's get the hell out of here before the army comes. Yeah. <laughs> so Gino's dead. Yeah. I don't know if you uh, pour one out for Gino. No, he, he had he had to go back to his job at the bakery. <laughs> he had to leave. <laughs> he had to return to his home planet. Zoop, zoop, zoop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. It's such a such a weird ending too. Like they so so the the two two main characters, Julian and his girlfriend, sort of hide in behind this like wood paneling that somehow protects them from the missile. But um, Aldo survives but gino's just nowhere to be found i'm guessing gino was like kind of caught in the blast but uh kind of a weird ending the movie ends with the you, you call him the what the tub man tar man tar man yep. tar man he kind of like walks off into the sunset so again they're like oh we could do a sixth one even though they're just he just goes brains at the end and that was the end of the movie like okay well the, that was kind of the theme we knew that um yeah. how did he get so far like he was so he was at the university and then he's just been hitchhiking down the road. That's <laughs> yep. yeah, he was uh, at, at comical theme trying to get to the rave, you know, where all the brains are. But if you look at all these college kids, I don't know if there's a ton of brains to be had there. It, yeah. it also kind of explains the, the cheerleader pyramid and why the one bit the one in the butt because it was a cheerleader pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you, you gotta that, that's all they saw. Like, uh, all, all the cheerleaders were facing the other direction and. <laughs> They just agreed. It was weird. It was a, it's a weird film. Um, We watched it. We enjoyed it uh, for the most part. I think, I think the enjoyment is sort of uh, there's more enjoyment in being able to discuss it like this and listen to these clips and stuff. And I, I don't know. Like it's weird. Have I I changed you, Ryan? Do you now watch bad movies? No, I don't have a lot of time to watch bad films, but I do have time to watch bad films for Zombies Ate My Podcast. That is that is the only time I make an exception um, outside of maybe sometimes accidentally watching a bad movie. But for the most part, I, I like watching these types of films because it's really like the only genre like zombies. It's the only genre that gets a pass when when it's a bad film, like any other genre, like comedy, I guess, sometimes gets a pass when it's just like a bad movie, but it's still funny. But there are the, a lot of other genres don't get that pass. And I think zombies is the number one genre that gets a pass for a bad film. Like right here, like we found enjoyment in it. And uh, even though it was really bad and there are great zombie like triple A zombie movies that review really well out there. But for some reason, we 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 still watch movies like this. <laughs> so yeah. but I'm really glad we watched it because um I mean, we might as well watch all of them now, right? Like, we've watched the first three. We've watched the last one. And we're going to be watching the fourth one very soon. You've got one more, man. One more. One more. I think I can do it. Um, any any final... Uh, I'll go I'll go to final thoughts. Like, I'm pretty much spent when it comes to this film. But I'm, I'm curious, like... Uh, uh, Brent, do you have any final thoughts on Rave to the Grave? A movie that you uh, you asked us to watch very nicely. Oh boy. Well, you know, I, I, for me, it's, it's a movie in a series, right? So you're always going to watch them all one way or another. You're going to get to the end, even if it's the the hard, hard journey that this one was. 
Um, to Lou's point, this one is slightly worse than Necropolis, and that's really not saying much. Um, at the same time, it's you know, for a zombie lover, it's content, so you kind of take what you can get. Um, yeah. You yep. know, I, uh, I, I am always looking for the latest and greatest zombie movie, even if it's really, really, really bad. Um, and at, at the end of the day, at least this one, it's got a little bit of production value. It's got a little bit of character. Um, it's a little funny. Like I said, the, the two Interpol guys that you didn't really know if they were gangsters or whatever else kind of from the outset of the movie, um, you know, in the end, it's kind of a fun watch. It's it's If you're looking for a great quality movie, obviously go elsewhere. But if you're just looking for a little bit of zombie content and you, you want something that's going to make you laugh a little bit and shake your head a little bit, this is this is a perfect movie. Yeah, I think that's really well said. I think in terms of... Uh... In terms of being a zombie film, it's definitely got that humor and it's got character in just enough of the film to kind of get you through the end. And uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, Lou, any any parting wisdom when it comes to Rave to the Grave? I'll watch this again in maybe a decade. Oof. Uh, okay, a decade. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Um, all right. Well, that is Rave to the Grave. And uh, we've got actually more great films to discuss. Uh, it's been alluded to that uh, Return of the Living Dead Necropolis is next on our plate as we wait for The Walking Dead to return. And kind of perfect timing. We'll have Return of the Living Dead next episode, followed by Planet Terror. And we also are going to be doing an audio commentary of Planet Terror. So Lou and I are going to be watching Planet Terror together. I almost said Planet Terrier which is not a zombie film. I don't know what that is. Um, so yeah, that is, uh, that is our next month of content. And, and Brent, you chose all three of these films for us to watch. And I'm kind of excited to return to planet terror. And, and it, it sounds like you are as well. You've got, you've got some notes in here. There's lots of stuff going on with planet terror. It's a, it's kind of like a big budget, um, sort of similar to actually very similar to rave to the grave. And it's like this, except it's big budget, but it's kind of going for that 80s feel, right? Yeah. Uh, definitely, yeah. It, it falls into that sort of bigger budget but complete Splatterfest movie. And you just you don't find a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Now, you have a note that you met. I, I don't want to move past this. Like, you met, what was it, Michael Bean or is it Lance Hendrickson that's a bad person? Lance Hendrickson, yeah. I met him at actually at a horror convention here in Minneapolis. And um, I met Michael Bean as well. He was He was very, very nice. Lance Hendrickson was not a nice gentleman <laughs> he was he was he was outside the hotel lobby and he was just kind of hanging out with his people and he was puffing on a cigarette and it was like hey and he was literally like you know go after yourself if you want to talk to me you're gonna pay for it oh wow. well, that's too okay. bad okay okay he's also old too maybe that's comes with the territory I, I, I have found over the years that guys like that it's often that they really don't want to do those things go to those conventions and those conventions often try to take advantage of them. And instead of really kind of pointing their anger at the convention, they pointed at the fans. And that's yeah. kind of not fair. That's too bad. Well, maybe, but I, I also met Tom Matthews at one of the conventions, and he was absolutely fantastic. I, he was just the greatest guy. I mean, I talked to him for probably 20 minutes, you know, and, and just what he's been doing, what acting was to his life, you know, how Return of the Living Dead, Return of the Living Dead 2 are such cult classics. And he just he couldn't have been nicer. So. I, I, I suppose it kind of depends on the person, but mm-hmm. it was uh, it was quite an experience. The Lance Henriksen thing was like, 
like i mean it was like ouch okay uh thank you for letting me know i never need to watch another one of your movies i appreciate yeah. that yeah that's a tough one for me like if I, I think if i were to uh, i'm already nervous to begin with approaching people that that i know you know um from like a from a celebrity standpoint uh and i think if you were if you were to work up the courage to go and and talk to this person who's who's in town for a convention and stuff and just want to say hi enjoy your work you know i don't necessarily want to like have a have dinner with you and, and have a huge conversation um that would kind of put me off like approaching <laughs> those type of folks ever again it's like oh okay like i know you're supposed to respect their space but you you kind of hope that maybe they just you're not asking for much just a quick hi and be on your way i don't know like it's tough it could have been also like yeah it's tough but he does look kind of like a, a prickly guy too right like he, he kind of plays that character so a little, gri- uh, a little grizzled yep yeah he might not be acting no exactly i, I well i according to the yeah i agree with you he probably wasn't acting he's probably just summoning uh <laughs> summoning his uh his normal self um yeah so that is our plan for the next month i i really appreciate uh brent your donation and also you being on the show with us um is there anywhere online that people can find you to check out some of your you know social posts uh, i know you're you're in our discord as grindhouse zombie but uh, any other places that people can find you uh, the Discord's probably the probably the best place. Um, honestly, I work too much to keep up with things like Twitter and Facebook. So, um, but uh, it's nice to be able to post uh, the new info in Discord. And it seems like the people that are there are kind of kind of ripe and waiting for the information. So it's uh, it's always great feedback. So um, if anybody wants to talk to me, that's where they can find me. Cool. And the place where you can find that is bit.ly/zampdiscord. We're getting new people in there every once in a while, and it's really great to to see the community, um, you know, uh, coming together and having a discussion around zombies. It's uh, it's a really great time, so definitely jump in there. Um, I want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast. All of your support there goes directly into the show. It helps us rent movies when we uh, when we rent them. Um, as you heard, we, we didn't rent uh, these because they're available on Plex, but uh you can yeah all all of that goes right back into the show hey it's how we have the clipboard back it's how we have um our our soundboard sorry back so uh yeah thank you to our patrons um you can find us on the web zombiesatemypodcast.com you can email us send your listener feedback in info at zombiesatemypodcast.com you can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. If you're on Twitter, you can find me at R. Murphy and Lou at Busy Zombie Lord. Quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the artwork. You can find that uh, on our website and our podcast artwork. You can see more of his stuff at joelduggan.com. This has been Zombies Ate My Podcast, but before I go, Lou, I want to know do you have any parting wisdom for our fine listeners? If someone offers you a drug and it's called Z, no good is coming. No. Especially when you didn't take the time to name it. Bang! You got yourself a hit of Z. Is it safe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, man, it doesn't drain your spinal fluid or anything like that, does it? Well, you gotta have one for that to happen, bro. What's the Z stand for? Because when you're tripping, you just stand there. Like you're a zombie. But it's totally safe. I test it all the time.